Don Steve in the morning. You're listening to Moody Radio. Happy to welcome Dennis Allen to the program. He is a CEO, an author, a speaker. He's uh, served as a ch- uh, chief executive officer in national and international enterprises. He's also written a book called The Disciple Dilemma. And uh, Dennis, welcome. Good to have you here this morning. Steve, thanks for having me. Well, one of the things that we talk a lot about in Christianity is the need for discipleship. In fact, I think of the, the words of Jesus where he, in some of his final words to his followers, is go and make disciples. And that is not uh, an option. That's a, a command. And uh, you're addressing this idea and topic of discipleship because obviously you think there's a, a reason or a conflict that we need to take a look at here. What is the disciple dilemma? Well, it's a curveball. And the reason why it's a curveball is because it's actually not a book about how to be a better disciple. It's about an appeal to our leaders in the Christian community, whether it's pastor or small group leader, one person leading one or one person leading thousands. And, um, I'd like to preface this point, too. It is absolutely not a criticism of pastors or the church. It's an encouragement. Think of it as kind of a conversation with a board of directors, giving some really good scrimmaging about this point. The operating system of discipleship has been hacked, and it Mm. got hacked 1,800 years ago. Explain that. What do you mean by it got hacked 1,800 years ago? Yeah, if you think about the concept of being hacked in an operating system, like with all the technology that we have today in our hands, phones, computers, and so on, when it hacks and gets hacked, it freezes, it locks up, communication systems shut down, it may just completely cease its entire functionality. So when we look at discipleship and we wind the clock back 1,800 years ago, for some very good reasons and some very bad reasons, we started introducing a lot of non-biblical upgrades to the model Jesus gave us. And slowly, the system hacked. And what we see today manifesting in tremendous percentages across the the social construct of disciples in in the world is people going on mute for their faith. Not my job. Don't want to talk about it. Leave that to the pros like Steve and the pastors in the pulpit. Right? That's one. Two, I'm inert. 80% of uh, the Christian market is struggling to have anything other than just a 1.7 times a month sermon series. Mm. They have no Bible study, no prayer life, nothing like that, right? And then kind of one other piece that's interesting to throw in the pot about the dilemma is that we have a lot of people walking off on their faith. Yeah. Uh, The nuns and the duns is a common term, but people walking out and not coming back those are the symptoms, Steve. It's not the cause. Those are the symptoms of the dilemma. So if those are just the symptoms, and we could spend a lot of time treating the symptoms and not get to the fix or the root of the problem there, what is the actual root of the problem? In the book, The Disciple Dilemma, we talked about six root causes. Let me give you a couple. Play with them as you like, and then we'll move on. One of them is the concept of optional lordship. Mm. And what does that mean? What that means is that during the time of the Roman persecution, a lot of people were coming and going from their faith. Now, we can all criticize them and say what a hard thing to do when your family is being threatened with death and you are being slaughtered. It's kind of a different calculus, right, in some ways. But people were coming and going while others were dying for their faith. And the construct that began to develop in the community was you can opt out of lordship. Let Jesus save you. That's cool. But you don't have to surrender unconditionally to the lordship of Christ. Optional lordship. Mm -hmm. There's one. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I think we see that play out in culture and society today so easily. And I remember, you know, years ago when I was in Bible college, that was one of the big raging debates: was easy believe, easy believism versus lordship salvation, and you know, late night talks in the dorm room, dorm rooms about all of that. And so, obviously, um, you and based on how you've brought that out and uh, talked about that, believe that, no, that's not something that we can do. When we come to Jesus as Savior, he also becomes Lord of our life. Am I hearing you understand correctly? Dead on. Part of the hack is one of these root causes called optional lordship. Yeah. Give you one other example to play with for a minute. We use a term that we stole from the pandemic called herd community, which we stole from herd (laughs) immunity. And the idea of herd community is if you put enough believers in a big room, and slosh them around, discipleship emerges. Whether that means, hey, I'm a member of a small group, so therefore I'm a disciple. Hey, I go to church 1.7 times a month, so I'm a disciple. This idea of sloshing people around together is, it's a little bit like saying, I go to the gym twice a week, so I'm qualified to be a pro football player. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back in a few moments and talk about what would work then and what is the dilemma. We have the dilemma, right? We're, we're diagnosing that. We're getting to the root of the problem here. What's the fix? How do we actually begin to make a good change, a right change, a biblical change? We're going to talk with Dennis Allen about that in just a few moments. He's written The Disciple Dilemma. We want to connect you to him. So in just a moment, we'll get that link up to the Facebook page, or you can ask for that when you reach us here at Moody Radio. You can text in and ask for the link at 800-555-7898. Don and Steve in the morning, you're listening to Moody Radio. We are talking this half hour with Dennis Allen he is a uh, CEO, an author, speaker. He's written a book called The Disciple Dilemma. And uh, Dennis, a few minutes ago, you were talking about the fact that the discipleship model, in a sense, or discipleship got corrupted, got hacked about 1,800 years ago. And we began to introduce all these uh, things into discipleship that were not a part of Jesus' model of discipleship here. So we've uh, talked a little bit about the problem. want to uh, talk a little bit about hope and maybe a solution here. And a lot more in the book, The Disciple Dilemma. But, Dennis, as we think about what should disciple-making look like today, what are the things that we need to let go of and really focus in on, what, what would your response be to this is what it needs to look like today? I want to kind of aim at your target market, right? Whether you're a woman or a man in the listener audience here, this is a book about your role as a leader in Christ changing the culture of your Christian community. So the disciple dilemma's first half is setting up the problem and saying, do you think we have a problem? Look at the symptoms, we're talking about the causes, and now we roll it around and say, we have fantastic hope in Christ if we follow version 1.0, the model that Jesus Christ gave us, right, as opposed to upgrading. Now, here's, here's the twists, Steve. We, as leaders, have to make the change in the culture. The individual people are going to be able to follow you and learn from you and develop in their own right to be leaders. But we have to start raising them in the good soil of version 1.0 discipleship. And that's different from the attractional model of growing big churches or having big programs or doing a sermon series on discipleship. The hope forward is getting us back to a culture of one-on-one relationship discipling. Hmm. And in a culture, uh, Dennis, where, you know, we want to see growth, we want to see numbers, and we want to see scale, and we want to reach as many people as efficiently and effectively as possible, going to a one-on-one model, 
may feel or seem inefficient. Why is that a better model than trying to do it on a bigger scale? The Harvard Business School was always quick to throw out big market share, right? Replicate, Xerox, make things go in mass production. The church bought into that a long time ago. And it's really important that we go to church. It's really important we have great sermons, fantastic pastors teaching and coaching us. We have tremendous small groups. We have praise, worship, and mission trips. Those are all incredibly important, but those, Steve, are vitamins. The main course has to be this idea that we are teaching our people. We are changing the culture to say, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have wingmen flying alongside you in life who can look through you and say, Steve, I can look at you and tell what's going on in your world right now. And we don't have a few people trailing us going, tell me how you live your life. If we don't have that model built into our Christian community, we are replicating brittle, fragile, failing disciples. Hmm. Isn't uh, just going to church, studying my Bible, doing my personal Bible study and listening to my pastor enough? Why is it so important to have the wingmen, to have the people trailing me? Why is that model so crucial for effective discipleship? Yeah, it goes back to this conversation that we, we, we alluded to a few minutes ago, right? I may actually be in the locker room pumping iron, but until I get out on the baseball field or the football field or the soccer field and start playing with my teammates, there's no score on the field. Nothing's happening. Does that make sense? It does. Yep. Yeah. And it, we are great at this. We spend a lot of time teaching our people. We spend a lot of time attracting people to come in. We spend a lot of time helping people experience the richness of, of, of the Lord God Almighty. However, comma, get out on the field with your wingmen to fly the mission. Mm. Uh, we've got about one minute left here, uh, Dennis. If you were to say, all right, this is my challenge to leaders in the church today, but you had to boil it down. It's your elevator pitch. What is the challenge? I've got a one-minute story on the thedisciplodilemma.com that says, do you think we have a problem? If you don't think we have a problem, have a happy life, and off we go, praise the Lord, and pass the ammo. If, on the other hand, you look at this and you go, wait a minute, I've seen these symptoms around me or around other people. We may have a problem. My plea to you is evaluate the dilemma and then begin looking at what leaders must do. That's the second half of the book. What yeah. do we do as a path forward? It's not a microwave solution, but it's a path forward to be disciples, bond servants, followers of Christ. That's who we're called to be. That is who we are called to be, and uh, sometimes we need some encouragement, direction, and help to do that right, to do that well. I encourage you to pick up a copy of this Disciple Dilemma. Dennis Allen with us, CEO, author, and speaker, and so appreciate your time and your challenge this morning for us, Dennis. Uh, if you want to find out more, start at our Facebook page. It's Don Steve in the Morning. You're listening to Moody Radio.